I'm here this morning with Sky Clark at Baristas and one of my favorite places to hang out for coffee conversations. Mm -hmm. Sky and I are going to just talk today about our just relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. and with community because our initiative this year is Better Together. So we've been talking about that and how do we grow in love with Jesus and all people like our mission for mm -hmm. at E-Free um, States. We are putting that into action. We've been doing it for a lot of years around E-Free, but we are really putting into action this year and talking about it with everybody so people can go from feeling lost in the crowd to known in community. So that's that's a goal and with this conversation I'm just excited Sky to be able to get to know your story a little bit better. Yeah. And I know you have learned what what we're talking about here you have learned that and are continuing to learn and grow in your life in this way with God and, and people. Yes. So, so yeah so also go ahead and, and share a little bit about the way um, you and I met sure. through the ministry that you are leading right now. Okay sounds good. Um, we so you and I first met this summer when we were talking about um, how we were going to move forward with Anchored and Hope. Um, we've we've just seen some changes, you know, through through the last year or so, and we were at a place where um, we wanted to redefine, but didn't know really what that looked like yet, and um, had a few leaders who had to step down due to other obligations and. Um, yeah, and I, I admitted that even in my own life, I'd been really busy and had been wondering, am I giving this ministry what it needs from me? Am I, um, am I, am I enough, was my question. Am I, am I enough to continue doing this? And it had been a conversation between me and God for the last, like, year, and I had never come to any conclusions about which way he was sending me. And so I knew that my heart was in it, and I wanted to stay in it, and I, um, have deep reason to care for the women who are going through this because of my own personal experience and um, nothing in me wanted to walk away. I just kept questioning if I was doing enough. And so when you reached out to me this summer and just wanted to put heads together and decide how we should go forward, um, I prayed on it before I reached back out and I, I knew when I came to meet with you that it was time to step into this position and I was ready to jump into leadership of the ministry and um, the biggest driving force for me was just kind of hearing God say or feeling that God was telling me that guy you don't have to do anything special you don't have to be all-knowing you just have to pray and read your Bible and care for other people it's that simple and I think that I have turned ministry leadership and Christian life and um, small group membership, all of those things into this thing that I have to be qualified for, that I have to know enough for. Um, and even with growing up in church, I feel like there, I just, I still have so much to learn. And so I, I didn't feel like I was enough, but I love that you're saying <laughs> that because I think you're right. That is such a hindrance to all of us who think that, you know, we have to be perfect basically yeah. before God will use us in ministry. Yes. Yeah. 
instead of yeah. simply submitted and knowing our need of him. Yes. Because he equips those he calls, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you've heard that little saying. But I, I saw that in you too when we met this summer and just your heart um, for God and your love for women and you have the empathy to be able to really reach in and let people, other women that have gone through this know that that they are seen. So although a lot of people know what Anchored in Hope is, I know many people that are listening may not know what that ministry is. So how would you describe it in a a paragraph? Yes, yes. Anchored in Hope is a ministry for women who are experiencing infertility, miscarriage, um, infant or adoption loss. So um, we were born from a place of somebody who was mourning the loss of a pregnancy and didn't know where to turn. we all came together and said yes there were a lot of people in our lives who did not understand what we were going through in our close family circles because they hadn't experienced it personally and the only way that we found comfort and hope was in sharing the experience with other people who were willing to share and this is this is kind of one of those subjects that people up until now have not been very comfortable talking about and so we really just saw a need because we we understood as we came together that all of us shared this similar story, even though none of our stories are exactly the same, we all shared this similar story. And there had to be so many more people just like us who needed a place to come, a so place many. to share um, their hearts, a place to find that hope in Jesus that only Jesus can provide. Um, and so that's, that's why we're here. Thank you. I love that you have stepped in and trusted Jesus in this guy. Thank you. So um, I, I will back up and go into then, as you said, you hope mm-hmm. other people can connect to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know how you first met Jesus. Yeah. So um, my parents took me to church. I grew up in church. Um, but they were not... Um, at that time really exercising a personal relationship with Jesus at home at least as a family like we might pray over meals or whatever but we weren't doing a lot of Bible reading together as a family um, and so they took me to church they and I so appreciate that they did that we, we were all kind of learning and growing together and it was when I was six years old that the lessons on salvation started to sink in and I um, I accepted a teacher's invitation to come pray together and accept Jesus into my heart and ask his forgiveness of my sins. Um, And so I really, I stayed connected in that way. And the friends who I spent my weekends with were always my church friends. I had, I always said growing up, I had my school friends and I had my church friends. And I was really thankful for that upbringing in church because those church friends would become the ones who were my community growing up. Um, We would spend the nights together on the weekends and then you fast forward to high school. And they were the ones who I was hanging with on Wednesday nights at youth group and spending our weekends together and really learning about life together, talking about the hard stuff together and even questioning together our salvation. Because when you accept Christ at six years old Mm. and you feel like you look back and you didn't fully understand it, then for me, I started to worry, like, am I actually going to heaven if I die? And then I would pray and I would plead with God to to save me and to forgive me and um, again there starts the overcomplication of relationship with god exactly yeah so and that but that's pretty amazing you were in high school and you mm-hmm. had this kind of connection that you could ask real questions we have high schoolers right now that are so 
just disconnected mm-hmm. again from real community yes. and the ability to do that. Yes. So continue. This yeah. is that's awesome. You had that. I was so fortunate. We we had um, Raul and Anna Silva were our ministry leaders, and they are still they're still leading a youth group in my hometown today. Um, they had. Um, I want to say four children of their own, plus they fostered teens. And so they were just the most incredible people for us to turn to. We spent so much time at their house, and so it was our own house. And Raul actually ended up marrying Trevor and I, who was our minister, who married us. He reached out to me during our hard times um, through loss and miscarriages. He he just really has served his his calling so well. Um, And I just, I really appreciate his leadership, and of course all the other adults who served and led in our church. Um, We... We stuck together, um, even into college. I, I was a year older than a lot of the kids. We were a smaller church, and I was a year older than a lot of the kids in the youth group. So when it was their senior year and my freshman year of college, I continued going to youth group stuff because that was my community. Those were my people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. And so, yeah, I have to say, like, getting married, um, we all, kind of all at once, we all branched off different directions, and I lost that community pretty fast in person. We remained friends on social media, um, but we didn't stay close. We all kind of had to go our own ways, and so I felt like God opened a new chapter, and I had to kind of learn it all over again, learn how to find community in the church that I moved to when Trevor and I got married, and um, in family members, of course, learning that I could grow in Christ and talk to family about it, because again, growing up... My family took me to church, but we didn't necessarily talk a lot about God at home. And so we yeah. still, even today, I feel like are growing even more in our conversations together and in our prayers together and just talking about life stuff together. Um, awesome. It's just, it is. It's really cool to see how we've, as a family, grown together because we kept going to church together. Mm-hmm. And it was the people that God put in our lives as our Christian family mm-hmm. um, who have really built us up and helped us grow. I think that's a really normal experience in the path of, of believers is that we kind of compartmentalize things for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we realize, oh, you know, this is about all of life. Yes. It's not about going to church on Sundays. Yes. And, you know, it's about connecting with people like-minded mm-hmm. with the love of God. Yes. That bonds and then it becomes, it infiltrates all of life. It does. Yeah. So what yeah. did you do? Do you remember, and this might not have been like a deliberate thing or maybe it was, but what do you remember about just building your relationship with Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. was there a point at which you said... I'm going to, on purpose, mm-hmm. do some things to build my relationship with Jesus. It was really all about taking the time to read my Bible. And that is still a struggle even today, making sure that I take the time, the intentional time, to sit down and read my Bible. Yeah. Um, I Again, I spent a lot of time complicating things and thinking that I would need to find the perfect devotional. And it's really just in the past couple of years that I've realized that devotionals are written by humans. And... <laughs> Right. <laughs> and there's not going to be a perfect one out there. And I just need to read my Bible. So I, a friend um, a friend had posted something recently. It's cool how God can use social media, the very thing that we all know can be such a bad thing, but can be such a good thing. She had posted something about her She Reads Truth Bible. And I immediately felt led to order a copy. Called and what so I did, again? She Reads Truth. She Reads Truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And what I love is that they've, 
the version is extremely uncomplicated to read. I feel like I can read my Bible and read it like a story. Mm -hmm. And they've sprinkled devotionals throughout that have a lot of scripture references. And it feels it feels so much more biblical than anything else I've ever tried to do. And so oh, that's awesome. where I feel like real growth has happened and it's start even starting today to happen better. Um, good, so good. yeah, it's just it's been a journey. It's it's all about that personal time and mm -hmm. And those connections with other people who pray and read their Bibles and have built me up and prayed for me through the years. And I mean, like I said, that's, that was kind of my aha moment even this summer in the ministry and feeling like I wasn't enough and realizing that God is enough. Yes. And all I have to do is talk to him and read his word and get to know him and truly prioritize. My whole life I've been told, put God first, put God first, put God first. But when we can't see God in front of us, I think it's hard to understand how we put God first and what it looks like to put God first mm -hmm. and every day I learn more that it just means in my thoughts in my everything that I am doing I can put God into it I can talk to him even about the little stuff even about the day-to-day -day mundane stuff about the big stuff and then um about other people's stuff, you know, just mm -hmm. taking it all to him. I love that. That's well put. And like, it just makes me think too, when, when you're talking about stepping into a mm -hmm. new role in a new way, kind uh -huh. of with Anchored in Hope, like I know when I step into something new, I feel a need for God and that, mm -hmm. that becomes stronger. Yes. Like I always have the same need, but you feel it stronger when you step into the yes of I'm going to follow you. Absolutely. And so then with that hunger, mm -hmm. that makes the word of God jump more out alive, you know, and yes. the spirit uses that to, to answer questions for us. Absolutely. So I love that. So, okay, we'll, we'll give a little plug for She Reads Truth, that version. It's, um, again, there's not like a perfect, you know, the Bible is the Bible, but it's kind of cool to have some good devotional helps in today's modern language and all of that. So I think um, Justine Cheddar, who is the director of the storehouse, she really she recommended She Reads Truth mm -hmm. as um, a great source, too, for women. Awesome. And so just for for biblical literacy. Yeah. That's what we want to focus on with women's ministry, too. Absolutely. Um, and that's what we're doing, like, Monday nights with the study of the book of John right now. And we're trying to get it as simple as possible. And I'm finding that a lot of women are like, well, where's our workbook? Or what do we do? Like, I'm like, well, I know it feels a little bit... A little bit messy at first, but we're gonna just mm -hmm. dig in to the Word of God Bible. together, and we're gonna yeah. we're using the soap method, which Adrian Boykin is talking about mm -hmm. on Sundays, um, the last Sundays here, and just using that as a way to see that we can dig into the Word of God and ask Him good questions and listen and read, and we will we will hear from Him. Yes. So yes. that's awesome. Okay, so a little plug for that, but. Um, also, I, so you've already touched on the value of community and group, mm -hmm. but will you share, um, I guess, maybe a, a few more thoughts or scenarios in your life where community has been really valuable to you? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I really, with the ministry, I, I really am thinking back to um, when I started recognizing and realizing how important it was to walk with people and let people in. I've always been kind of an open book, but I didn't recognize how much 
my willingness to share with other people invited them in to pray for me and walk alongside me and how much they built me up. So looking back at my um, journey through infertility and miscarriages, um, we had so many people praying for us. I had announced our first pregnancy on Facebook. Oh man. <laughs> seven weeks along thinking, nothing's going to go wrong. Happen. It's fine. And so we had that many people who knew. And they prayed. So many of them prayed and checked in and touched base. And as I looked back on that, both at the, at the end when we were able to be successful five years later and through it, I recognized and realized that the comfort that I felt in my heart, the positivity I was able to hold on to, the hope that I felt could only be the result of their prayers for me. I even, I talked to God, but I found myself every week or two, late at night, because I'm a night owl and the house was quiet, I would dig, I would search through the scriptures and I would cry and I would beg God to give me a baby, just give me yeah. a baby. God, why is this happening? Why why doesn't this work for me? Why why can't we just have a baby? Um, and those were my moments of feeling really lonely. But then I would be able to go on. You know, I'd have my moments, I'd meet with God. I don't feel like I did the best job of keeping in touch with him in the everyday stuff. So it was every couple of weeks that I'd have these moments where I would share my heart with him. But others were keeping us in their daily prayers. And I really just feel that if it were not for them, and if it were not for them checking in, and if it were not for them listening and asking questions, I don't feel like I would have been able to hang in there the best that I was able to. So that's like that was really held your arms up to God. They really did. your eyes. Yes. Yes. And so that that has to be probably the number one moment of community but you know also just um as we got to Kearney we moved to Kearney in 2012 and we found our way to um Pope Paul Institute in Omaha is where we ended up going and having our issues taken care of and we were able to have babies but we met a wonderful group of people then who we were able to pray with and talk with and connect with who were also walking the same journey that we were walking and also we were connected with Efree and with a life group and began to build a friend basis there. And Whose life group were you in? Um, we were in Dan and Bailey Martin's life group. Oh, awesome couple. Yes, yep. they're amazing. They had to move, didn't I they? I know. So happy for them. Blessing and other community that they're living in now. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, and so that, to have that. And then, um, of course, you know, moving away from the struggles that we faced and into the struggles that come with having young children and me starting my career as a teacher while starting our family. Um, just even in the mundane day-to-day -day stuff like, oh my goodness, we don't have daycare today. Somebody help us out. And Bailey was a stay-at-home mom that first year that I was teaching, and so she would help out. And Amanda Palachek helped out in pinches of, you know, helping watch the kids for us. and. Um, then we, after Dan and Bailey left, we remained in life group with um, the Palachek's and the Halversons and um, a couple of other sets of friends, Arxilius's. Um, we, that lasted this past year and then Halverson's moved away. <laughs> well, so, just forcing you to restructure, huh? <laughs> and so then COVID hit and so we've been in conversation with Palachek's about what that looks like moving forward. But man, to have a village is everything. To have yes. a group of people who you can do life with, yes. who believe the same things you believe, um, who, yeah, who you can walk through the happy times with, who you can walk through the hard times with. 
is everything. And I am just so thankful for that. Well, I am thankful for you, Skye, and I appreciate you taking, making you, letting yourself be uncomfortable <laughs> to come and record this with me today. Good job. Thank you for being courageous. Me. Yes. And because of you, we are better together, and I just so appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you, Carrie. Thank you for everything that you do for our ministries. You're amazing. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't even ask you to say that. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Thank you.